0: Welcome to the Strong Girl Podcast, a podcast for and about strong women and how they overcame the things that once made them feel weak. Join me, your host, Samantha Russo, as I discuss everything from mindset to physical health with guests that will surely inspire and motivate you. There will be laughs, there will be tears, and maybe a few F-bombs, but more importantly, lessons to learn to help you grow and embrace your strong girl. So thank you guys so much for joining me back here for another episode of the Strong Girl podcast. I'm super excited. I'm interviewing my friend, Megan Lyman. She is the CEO of Canababe CBD capsules. I actually am, I have been using my capsules for the last, um, maybe week now. And I have been sleeping like a baby. Megan was born and raised in the small town of Guilford, New Hampshire and when she was 12 years old her family was taken by surprise when she was the only female to be diagnosed with a stage 4 rare cancerous tumor on her right shoulder so at the age of 16 The tumor was pronounced benign, and Megan had the opportunity to move on with her life cancer-free. And it was then that she first discovered her passion to help people who are suffering. Megan was crowned Miss New Hampshire in 2012, and that is how we met. And she received her BA in Education from New England College. After graduating, she followed her heart to Florida where she spent years working hard for other people, womp womp, and being thrown in the ringer physically, mentally, and emotionally. And it was then that she was actually diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, um, which is a part of the Crohn's family. So after being approached with a ton of different harsh Western medication options, she knew a holistic medicinal treatment plan was the only option for her. She moved out to California where she could legally pursue the medical attention her body needed using cannabis. And really through throughout that, that's when she created Cannababe with the mission to educate people on the true benefits within the cannabis plant in hopes to change the negative stigma. Megan Lyman, thank you for joining me.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Sam. It's such an honor, and I'm so excited to finally get a chance to speak out about the benefits of using cannabis and hemp every single day. I'm so happy to hear that uh, it's been working for you. You said that it's been a week now and you've been sleeping better.
0: Oh my gosh. And it's so weird because I've never, I've never had a hard time sleeping. Like I am a baby grandma. Like I will go to bed at eight 30 and I'm such a morning person. So that works for me, but I've just been having, like, I don't wake up in the middle of the night. And I guess I haven't realized how much I do wake up when like, I haven't been waking up. I was like, Oh, whoa. I don't remember, like, tossing and turning. I don't remember reaching for the pillow to put between my legs. Like, I was out.
1: It's so interesting, as you obviously know from the story that you had just told about me. It's crazy to see where your body can go and how it can change as you get older and really having to pay attention to what's going on. And that's something that I also love to promote is just really listening to your body and and giving it what it needs. You know, so good, Sam. I'm happy to hear that it's been working for you. And thank you so much for supporting me. It means so much to me to have uh, your support, a sister so close. And um, I just can't thank you enough.
0: Absolutely. So I kind of want to start like bring it way back cuz I want to bring people through this journey for you that honestly it seems like it's all like led up to this so like to starting this incredible company so I kind of want to start off by touching upon being diagnosed with cancer at such a young age when did yeah. you when did you know something was wrong
1: so we'll take it back. It all started, I was 12 years old, and I was living in New Hampshire. I am the daughter, I'm the youngest in the family, we'll say that. So I have two older brothers, and you know, I grew up playing outside, being pretty rough all the time. I also grew up dancing, so pretty physical. And when I was 12, I noticed that I had, had this little lump that had developed onto my shoulder, And I thought it was something like a zit, almost, it looked like. But over about a year, it had grown to be something a little bit more solid. And this is how small the town that I'm from. I was over at one of my good friends' house playing one day. And her father, who is the local surgeon, he happened to just see that there was a lump through my shirt. And he asked me about it. And he felt around. And he then diagnosed me with a cyst. So he had said, you know, just come into the doctor's office and we'll take it out. No problem. We don't even have to put you under. You know, you can be awake. And that's exactly what we did. I went to the office right there in Guilford, New Hampshire. I watched him take it out of my arm. No problems at all. And then what do you know? A month later, it came back that I had this crazy stage four tumor that had been growing in my shoulder and i actually had been diagnosed as the only female adolescent in the country to ever be diagnosed it was usually found in males over the age of 50 and in their prostate so they would eventually grow terminally ill because it would just grow and take over all their organs so for it to be found in such a young girl it was um extremely rare and a little bit scary if you can imagine so i um Right away, I got brought down to Boston Children's Hospital, which I have my life to thank for the doctors that are there, and um, let's see, to keep this story short, because I could talk forever, (laughs) Um, it was a really, honestly, it was a really difficult journey, because um, for about a year, it was. They didn't know what was going to happen to me. Um, they, they couldn't tell me if I was going to see tomorrow or a week. And I'm not going to lie, I, I grew depressed. I had really struggled with it because, if you can imagine, as a young kid, it's a really difficult thing to hear. And I was surrounded by it at the hospital. So uh, it was when Jason Veritek actually, he came to visit the Boston Children's Hospital. And at the time, as an avid Red Sox fan, <laughs> I couldn't believe that that celebrity had come to my hospital room and talked to me and he wanted to hear my story and at the time I was a dancer and I wasn't dancing anymore because I just grown to be comfortable with my my setting I was okay with just sitting in a hospital bed all day I didn't have ambition to go out and to get more so um, he really pushed me and he kind of relit this flame in my life and I literally it's it, it. freaks me out so much I have goosebumps all over my body right now because um I'll never forget it but the next test that I had had it came back that the tumor had stopped growing and that it was they could pull it out of my arm and hopefully remove it for good and what do you know it, it took years but um yeah it was about a year and a half after that that I was announced cancer-free my mindset had completely changed I started dancing again I wanted to help other people that were sick in my age to keep a positive mindset and that you can get through it. And even even if it is tough, you can still have a better mindset than just um, sitting in a bed. So yeah, at a very young age, Sam, I kind of uh, developed a different means for life and for what it meant to me because it meant so much more. <laughs> it was very difficult for me, but um, it wow. made me grow up. So. From then, yes, that's obviously how we met. I went and started competing in pageants. I um, wanted to pursue a higher education, and I saw the scholarship opportunity with the Miss New Hampshire organization. So, at the age of 16, I started competing and went, yeah, as you know, Miss New Hampshire 2012. Mm -hmm. Which, my platform was the Make-A-Wish Foundation.
0: (laughs) I was actually going to ask you about, you know, your experience with Make-A-Wish and Miss New Hampshire.
1: Yeah, so Make-A-Wish, when I was 16 years old, Make-A-Wish actually, they came to me, this was before I had ever heard of the organization. Um, One day when I was at one of my checkups, my doctor told me that the Make-A-Wish Foundation had wanted to grant me a wish. And at this time, I was 16 years old. They had already announced me cancer-free. So I was very confused because my impression was that the Make-A-Wish Foundation only granted wishes for children who are going to die. So my reality changed quickly when they were at my house telling me that I could wish for anything that I wanted. And like I had said, I had kind of stopped dancing for some time, but I had gotten back into it. So I thought, what more perfect of a gift? To get than to have a dance room built in my house so that i could practice all the time and forever it wouldn't be just so a one-time thing like a trip to florida or something mm-hmm. so i uh, yeah, i wish for a dance room and that's exactly what they did they gave me harlequin floors it's a raised dance floor with the best floor that you can tap dance on which as you know was my favorite style of dancing and then Uh, mirrors, ballet bars. They had all my trophies and plaques that I had won from competitive dancing all displayed. My dance teacher was there when they revealed the room to me. It was the most amazing thing. And of course, we still have it in our family home. So not only do I get to practice every time that I visit, but my nieces and nephews also have it to enjoy. So that was kind of how I got hooked into the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And then... From there, I had started volunteering just because I had grown such a love for the people, and I thought that it was just so amazing, the work that they did, and once I understood how much money each wish cost and the work that went behind it, I knew that I wanted to help, so I had started to volunteer for them, and then once I started to compete, it was only natural for the Make-A-Wish Foundation to become my platform, and then once I had um, won the the state title, it just kind of blew up from there, and I had the chance to work with chapters all around the country, so it was really great, it was a really cool opportunity that I had, and then the year after, I was also an intern for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, so it was um, a very successful relationship with the organization, I'm so grateful for what I learned through them, and the people that I got to meet, um, if you are not aware of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, it's... an organization that grants wishes for kids with life-threatening medical conditions to enrich the human experience through hope, strength, or joy, and I don't know how better to explain my experience while I was ill and how um, mindset, positive attitude, it really can change somebody's experience, so... um, I love the organization so much but that that that. was my time with them right
0: yeah so your passion obviously like you said is helping people that are suffering and I can attest to that I think you are just one of the most genuine caring people that I've ever met what um you're welcome what were your original career plans after Miss New Hampshire after graduating college
1: so, that is a great question. I, I had won Miss New Hampshire. Um, I was a junior in college, so I had taken off the year of my senior year. So, after the year of traveling around to Miss New Hampshire to go back to college and receive a degree in education, I almost knew at the time that that was going to be something that was just too small-minded for me. Mm-hmm. I think that confining myself in a classroom with only 20 students, wasn't going to fulfill me the way that I really needed it. But I was also young and immature and, you know, still learning so much about myself and what I wanted that I was okay with it. I never really had the real pressure of figuring it out right away. I kind of had allowed myself some space because Um, I felt like with Miss New Hampshire, it really pushed you, as you know, it really pushes you into a serious position pretty quickly and pretty young. And sometimes that year after, the few years after, it can be stressful or you can really feel like there's just pressure for you to commit and do something. And I just had told myself from the beginning that that wasn't what I was going to allow for me to happen and just kind of go with the flow. So I graduated college i had been in a very serious relationship and had decided that moving to tampa florida was my best option so i had moved down to florida and i got a teaching job at a school for the summer and quickly learned that i needed a second job so that was Mm -hmm. when i had started bartending (laughs) and after one day of bartending i made the same amount that i had made for the whole week of teaching so As a newly graduated college student with lots of debt and honestly no money saved up, I knew that I just had to do something just to kind of take time, figure out what is it exactly that I wanted to do because I didn't know and save money, make money and pay for my education for what wasn't paid for through the Miss New Hampshire Scholarship Program what they you know what was left and uh just figure it out for some time so that's exactly what I did I took time I thought about it and I had always known that it would be something I just couldn't figure it out yet and it's pretty funny because when you look at the cannabis industry it's so fun (laughs) to me I can laugh at it now because where it has gone in the last couple of years you know five years ago this industry wasn't there for me to jump into like it is now Mm -hmm. so um it, it's really neat to be to be in this industry at the time that it is, when I moved to California, um, how it all lined up. It's, it's really, really insane. And I just, honestly, I feel truly blessed for everything, the good and the bad things that happened, because it's led me right here. So um, it's been pretty great.
0: I, yeah. can't,
1: I can't complain. Yeah.
0: Um, so when you had moved down to Florida, I guess – what was your, did you have any experience with cannabis or CBD oil that um, really pulled you out to California?
1: So when I had moved to Florida, I had been working as a bartender and it was there, obviously a young girl. I was eating whatever I wanted means of what went into my body, wasn't necessarily an idea yet. So I was not taking the best care of myself. I don't want to say that I was taking bad care of myself because that's never been me, but there were things that I wasn't paying attention to that were happening, which I ended up developing ulcerative colitis, which you had said before, it's a nasty intestinal issue which allows your body, your intestinals actually inflame and they reject everything, every fluid mm-hmm. and every water. So I was hosp- hospitalized for about a week and that was when my mind kind of just changed because I, I couldn't, I mean, my perspective on everything had to change. Food, I couldn't eat anything, working out, you name it. My entire life had, had changed right before my eyes in one day I, and there was nothing that I could do to stop it. So after some time and being sick I just knew that there had to be something else. There had to be a way for my body to get better. And the medications that the doctors were offering me in Florida, it just wasn't an option for me. They wanted me on a five-year prescription every single day with an insane diet that I just knew that that wasn't what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So I started researching. I was looking around for what other people that have had this issue and it was then that I came across CBD oil and I came across cannabis and how internally it can help heal your stomach, non-psychoactive medication, how science has actually come to the point where they can take the, part, the plant apart and look at the different pieces of it and see which pieces are medicinal, which pieces are psychoactive, what part is going to get too high and stoned as people assume and what part is just there to help people heal. Um, so I knew that I needed to learn more. I didn't know much at all about the industry, and that was when I found something that was local. I found the Florida Cannabis Coalition. So that's this group. They were based out of Tampa, which is where I was located, and they had meetings, um, meetings and of different events. They had classes, so I started taking every class that they had, every class they had to offer, and quickly, within a couple months, I had just about learned everything that I could have within their program. And without a doubt, I knew that cannabis was what was going to cure my stomach. And obviously, living in Florida, that was not an option. So <laughs> I, um, it was it was, like I said, it was pretty crazy. But my body just was telling me exactly what I needed to do. And I knew that moving to a state where I could legally get this medication is what needed to happen. And there were people that did it. So that's that's what I did. I made the decision, and three months later, I was moving across the country. So it was a it was pretty wild. So and crazy. Some people still think that I'm crazy for doing it, but um, I I don't know how else to explain it. But when your body is telling you something so crazy, so insane, you just have to go. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to listen.
0: Yes, and that's so actually that's, something that's I've, how I got here. yeah, I mean, I've always admired that about you, like, even just, like, moving down to Florida, like, you didn't know anyone, obviously, you knew, you know, your boyfriend at the time, but, I mean, that, to me, is, like, such a big leap of faith and risk, and then to do it again alone, to go out to California, it's, I mean, that's really, I think it's inspiring, and I wish that I, I could could do. I mean, I'm sure I could do it, but, um, I wish I had more, um, drive to do it or more confidence to do it. So you get out to California and you start working with, um, a holistic doctor. Can you kind of talk about that? And, you know, what was your protocol like with that person? Because, you know, you were talking about, the Western medication wanted you on a five-year plan with an awful diet. What what did this look like in California?
1: So I moved out to California with a job working for a distribution company, which was great, but it's almost like working... Yeah, I, I just felt like I was just another person working for a company. I wasn't really getting that one-on-one individual attention that I know that I need in a work environment and that I like to have, so... I'm working for a distribution company and one day I ended up just chatting with one of my fellow coworkers and telling them about my story about how I moved to California, why I moved to California. And lo and behold, he tells me, you need to meet my wife. And I was like, you know, a little taken off, like, excuse me? And he said to me, you, you need to meet my wife. She's a holistic doctor and she's been treating out here for many, many years and helped out help many people. And I instantly was just, I, I think my jaw dropped, and I actually might have teared up. And if you know me, I don't cry easy. So <laughs> I i just had known then that this was, we had just t- passed across, and this was where I needed to be. Yeah, so that, I ended up meeting with his wife, and I was just, I was flabbergasted with the work that she had done, the, the people that she had been able to help, the people that she was servicing at the time, Uh, the testimonies that she had, I knew no other but to be okay with it, and I just instantly felt so comfortable, and at ease that, you know, what I had imagined and what I had really come here for, I had found, so... I um, instantly, we grew a liking to each other, and uh, after, I want to say, a couple weeks of treatments, which I was doing high-dose treatments of THC and CBC suppositories, which is a little crazy, but it was what I needed to cure my body, and after a couple weeks of treating, Um, She had asked me to come and work as her personal assistant. She needed help with the clients that she was servicing. It had become to be a little bit overwhelming, and she was just working word word of mouth. And with her clients, people that she had already treated, they were just telling everybody about her from all over the country. So people were flying to come and work with her, and also people in California just wanted to work with her. So it was a really unique opportunity for me to work in the industry and get the exposure and experience that I did because as her assistant, I was doing everything from organizing appointments with her clients, meeting with her clients, making the medications for her clients. And then it came to the point where I had been able to figure out what people were going to need to get better and the research that needed to be put behind it to help figure out what people needed. Working with her was It gave me the opportunity to see the side of the industry, the chance to really help people, and how it could really help people. Um, She now is working to patent medication that has CBD and THC in it, obviously legal purposes. Federally, THC is still illegal, so there's a long road ahead for her to get the medication um, to be seen in every state and That was when I kind of have decided that I needed to help people sooner rather than later, Mm. and um, yeah, her work had been changing. She had stopped helping people out locally, and she had more or less tried to form a corporation. But with the law still not changing federally, it's a kind of like a no say as to how long it's going to take before things are compliant and investors are willing to put millions and millions of dollars into an industry that's illegal. So it was a very a very insane experience. I'm super grateful that I met with her and had the opportunity to work for her and learn from her. Um, but once I had realized that, once again, I was just kind of standing in a situation where I knew that there was something more that I needed to do. And so many people had been asking me and reaching out to me for help and I had not had to ignore them, but my job, I was too busy to reply. And it, had, it was taking a burden on me to not be able to reach out, respond, and get these people CBDs. It's legal in every single state. There's no reason why people shouldn't have access to this. But um, it, it kind of just started happening once I started responding to people's messages about CBD. And letting them know that, yeah, I could get it. It was easy for me to make the connection. Literally, the business just grew itself. I, that's what I was doing. That was part-time for me. And then it just suddenly grew to be so much more. So super grateful for my friend, Leah Sissel. Uh, I shouldn't stutter in that. Leah Sissel. <laughs> she was Miss California 2012. So we also met through the Miss America organization, she completely designed my website and has helped me out on every aspect of social media, marketing, and branding for the product. I cannot thank her enough for all of her support and everything that she has done for Canobase. She is my girl, so I'm giving her a shout-out. <laughs>
0: Fabulous, as you should. Um, okay, right? <laughs> so you you started using doing this protocol, and that actually cured all of your symptoms for ulcerative colitis
1: yes yep completely cured so i was on a boiled chicken boiled vegetable diet and for about two months of treatment i was also still on a strict diet but much different and after that i was able to start eating everything again so i'm at the point now where i can eat whatever i want I do eat in moderation, and i very. I pay much more. Uh, I pay much more close attention to what I'm putting into my mouth now than I was. But to have the option and the ability to eat whatever I want gives me the freedom on a daily basis that I am forever grateful for, mm-hmm. and I will never take for granted again. That's so but, amazing. But um, I don't drink anymore either. That's the other thing is that mm-hmm. I've completely eliminated liquor and alcohol from my diet. So. I'm sure that's helped
0: too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So it's, yeah, that's pretty crazy just how, you know, all the puzzle pieces just kind of start to fall into place and then Canababe comes out and it's, what is it? It's been a little over a month since officially launching?
1: Officially launched. It's actually only been, let me see, three weeks and a day. So crazy. Not even a month. But yes, it's been amazing. I'm so grateful for everybody's support, the messages, the response to the product, the, the way that I've been able to help people. It's so fulfilling. And I'm just, I feel so blessed to have this opportunity to be able to help people in this way.
0: So who is CBD good for? Who would benefit from using CBD? CBD.
1: So, CBD is very interesting because every living organism has an endocrine system. And it's pretty much just a chemical messenger for your entire body. So, when CBD steps into place, CBD actually directly affects the triggers that are sent to your neurotransmitters. So, for any body, any, any living organism, it's going to help whatever they need. People who experience anxiety their neurotransmitters are operating differently, and CBD is just going to help regulate it. So when you hear things like CBD is the magical plant and it can help everybody, it's almost, in a sense, very true just because CBD is only going to target where it's needed. You can see that in children. CBD has been beyond beneficial for kids that have ADHD instead of giving them some harsh Western medication pills at such a young age, as we know, are not going to benefit a child in the long run. Or maybe someone who is experiencing seizures, it's just going to help regulate the brain waves that are being sent to help either a child or even an older person stop seizing. Um, somebody, let's say, with PTSD. That's all in your brain. I think that we all know and understand that those flashbacks are happening in somebody's brain. The neurotransmitter is affected and can start regulating properly. People, you'll just feel relaxed. So many people think that when you do take CBD, that you're going to experience some high and you're going to, you know, feel this euphoric feeling. But most people don't understand is that when you do take CBD, you almost feel nothing at all. It's Mm -hmm. just going to help you be regulated, that's exactly what it's trying to do.
0: That's awesome. So what would you say your biggest goal with Cannababe is, and what, if you can tell us, are your future plans?
1: The biggest goal with Cannababe is to educate people, change the stigma. There's such a negative stigma on the hemp plant that uh, I think we all grew up thinking that cannabis was bad and it's a gateway drug. Um, I want to change that. I want future generations to think of it much, much different. It's all natural medicine, and it's really important to me that people know that. So I think cannabis, one, is to help educate and change the stigma, and then, two, to be able to offer people around the country, around the world, a clean product that they know is going to be nothing but good for their body. I'm really passionate about making sure that whatever product I serve is going to be 100% natural and vegan and do nothing bad to people's body. Uh, it's fine. That, that is probably something I'm most passionate about. So, coming up next, let's see, December 2nd, we will have the CBD workshop with Mountain Base Yoga that's happening in Goth New Hampshire, with our dear friend Janine Mitchell at her yoga studio. I'm so excited to get a chance to get in there to her yin class, and I'll be offering free CBD capsules. but there I will also be launching... The Cannababe is a two-ounce CBD body oil, and it's just going to be a little spray bottle, and that will be for uh, topical use. A lot of people ask me about joint pain Mm -hmm. or arthritis and how CBD can help um, different muscle spasms. So this will just be a spray bottle. It will be two or three sprays on the skin, and that will be about 25 to 50 milligrams of CBD, and that's, um, yeah, a little something else that we will be offering. It will be on the website also on December 2nd. So Yay. pretty excited about that. And then there's a couple other things coming up. Um, I don't want to tell you too much, but just really looking to focus in on different things that have helped me in my time while I was sick. So we'll be offering a couple other capsules and then also hoping to get into the pet market pretty soon too. Yes.
0: Yes, I've Speaking seen of that. Lola.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: awesome. Okay, so as we mm-hmm. kind of wrap up our interview, if you can kind of take one lesson from, you know, your life's journey so far, what would that message or lesson be for this strong girl community listening to the podcast?
1: I think the number one life lesson is uh, grow through what you go through. That's been a new quote that's come into my life recently, and it's just been so appropriate, not just with the hemp industry, but with my life story. Uh, there's so many things that are going to throw you off and things that are going to happen in your life where you, know, you can really stay upset about it for a long time, or, or you can just understand that everything in your world is a learning experience and uh, forgiveness is key <laughs> and that you can grow through everything that happens to you. So, yeah, grow through what you go through. I think I that's what it it'd have to be.
0: I love it. And is there anything else that you wanted to get
1: across today? If you're interested in CBD... Let me know. The website www.cannababe.com. It's c-a-n-n-i-b-a-b-e dot com. Reach out to me. Find me on Instagram. I think that was it, though. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Yes, and I will Thank be sure to. So um, oh my god! Of course, I'll link all of your um, your Facebook, your Instagram, your website in the show link so people can easily access that because um, it's. It wasn't something that I ever thought I needed, but I just really love, um, you know, just opening a capsule into my morning coffee. It just kind of, you know, makes me feel like, kind of like a security blanket almost. Like, okay, I have this. I know I'm going to be taken care of throughout the day.
1: Yes, I mean, we all experience anxiety throughout the day too. Sometimes you're just unaware of how much it actually affects you or not. So CBD can help regulate all of that. I honestly, I don't, feel like i have a reason to be taking it anymore and i still take it every single day because i know that my body needs it and it's really important so um i appreciate your time i appreciate your support and i hope that uh other people will be open-minded to letting their bodies try what it really needs
0: i have no doubt Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Strong Girl Podcast. I hope this episode was enlightening, both inspirationally, but also just kind of opening up your mind to other forms of all natural medicine. I know that I kind of always have to tell people when I let them know that I'm taking CBD capsules that it is non-psychoactive. It does not get you high. Um... So hopefully we are helping to reduce that stigma. Again, I'm going to link all of CannaBabe's information. I'll drop their Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'll tag Megan as well. So if you are interested in learning more about her or her products specifically, you'll be able to find it there. And remember, the only way to make sure that this podcast grows and it reaches people is for you to share it. Share it with your friends on Instagram stories. And feel free to tag me at Samantha El Russo. I love sharing that and I love responding. I respond to every direct message that I get. Um, I just love interacting with you guys because this really is a podcast for you to empower you to just live out your best damn life. All right. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, please rate and give us a review. That would mean the world. And I will see you back again or I will talk to you again next Tuesday.